Evolutionary.org presents Evolutionary Hardcore Podcast with your co-hosts, Steve from the American Underground and Mobster from the UK Iron Den. Get ready for the most hardcore and underground info in the industry. And here we go. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6... Evolutionary.org hardcore podcast coming your way. Episode 169. Steve Schmee here and the Mobster. What's up, buddy? How you doing? Straight out of Wales. I'm talking in the style of uh, up the uh, broadcast uh, name. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So this yeah, one, yeah. guys, we have a fun one ahead of you. Episode 169. Isn't it funny? Isn't it ironic? This is going to be Cali Muscle. Cali Muscle. Big, big character on the fitness industry, social media. His real name, Chuck Kirkendall. And he is a entrepreneur, actor, goes by the name Cali Muscle. Even if you don't follow social media, the YouTube crowd, the Instagram crowd, I can recall a commercial that he was in about Geico, which is insurance company, and he's in the street being a traffic cop. And he's also played some small roles in some shows and some movies, able to take advantage of his physique. Uh, back in the early 2010s is when he did most of his acting work. At his peak, five foot nine, 250 pound, absolute beast. Um, he is a, an incredible character. Um, recently though, he did suffer a heart attack. And now he gets added to the list of well-known fitness bodybuilders who have had a major health problem hit them. So in this podcast, guys, we're going to talk about his life, his ups, his downs. We're going to talk about his steroid use. So this is going to be a fun one for sure. So before I bring in mom, so let's talk a little bit about his early life. Born in Oakland, California, 1975. He is currently in his 40s, mid 40s, as of this podcast, grew up in a very rough neighborhood. Oakland is known to have some very rough, one of the more rough parts of California, along with uh, parts of Los Angeles that, Mm -hmm. you know, you really want to avoid. Uh, His stepfather was abusive. That didn't help the situation. He witnessed a lot of poor role models growing up who were into violence and crime. And that helped contribute to him going down a bad path as a young man. In elementary school, he talks about he had to carry a gun just to protect himself against the older kids who were picking on him and who wanted to start trouble. So one of the good things, though, in his life was he took a job working at a gym. He got to work out for free. So that gave him a little outlet from all that nonsense. Once he got into high school, All that weight training paid off. He played football. He wrestled and he ran track. Very good athlete, good at sports. He got a scholarship for Fresno State. And that, you know, looked like Cali was going to be able to survive growing up in that environment and make some of himself. Education is how you make it out of there. That's why education, I talk about education a lot on the forums and on this podcast, um, you know, that, that's, that's your ticket. That's your ticket out of a bad place. 
The problem was, though, while he was in college, even if you do everything right, bad shit could still happen to you in that environment. And indirectly, his brother fell victim to gun violence. And really, really horrible. Going through something like that makes you think in your head, why am I doing everything right and bad things still happen? So his life started to spiral out of control after that. He ended up robbing people, and that landed him in prison. So Callie had to spend 11 years in prison during his stint. You know, he had to kill, kill a lot of dead time, lifting weights, decided to gain a lot of mass. Um, the people he was with in prison, these were not good people. Uh, these guys were, you know, had nothing better to do with their time than fight and you know, cause trouble. So a lot of the times in prison, he had to work out just to get big so he could protect himself so no one would mess with him. So the problem was in prison, some of the, um, you know, prison, some, you know, in prison, he didn't have access to the best gym equipment. So he did a video where he had to uh, he, he showed everybody how he would lift in, in gym and then in the uh, in the prison and turn his cell into a gym. So it's a really cool thing. I, actually, it works out good during COVID, during a lockdown when your gym is closed. He shows that you can actually do a decent workout just with common things around your house. So I'm going to bring in Mobster. Uh, tell us a little bit about your thoughts. I'm going to jump in here real quick because. Uh... In terms of the training in prison specifically, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that we're going to get into, the positive and negatives. I don't like his whole, and I said this to you in the pre-show, his, uh, I'm an ex-con, his shtick, and playing off on that quite a bit. But let's get onto the thing in prison, right? So there are some amazing physiques in prison. There are some incredibly strong people, I would say, that have created great physiques in prison, that have created fantastic levels of strength in prison. Um... There are certain cons, both here in the UK and over there in the US and elsewhere for that matter, that have, that have made a name for themselves for their physique, for their power and whatever else. we got a, a fellow over here for the longest time, he changed his name a couple of times, called Charles Bronson, and he even brought out a book about the exercises that he was doing, which was published from prison. He's, he's, he's still in there now. So there, there are things that you can do. There's also, and it's worth noting for our younger listeners, being able to access the gym, even if it's crap, even if it's poor equipment, and as a lot, not a lot of money gets put into prison gyms, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, is a is considered a like, a like a plus. So you have to be a good con, and the the COs, the 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 prison officers, as we would call them over here, correctional officers in the states, giving you access to the gym is a privilege. So. Even if the barbells are bent and rusty or you're using some sort of machine or whatever, it is a privilege that you got for being a good con, for being a good prisoner. And so that access is important. Now, if you don't have that access or if you're the worst kind of prisoner, of course, and you're kept in lockdown for 23 hours a day or whatever else, you're kept isolated from the others, then, then you're talking about doing press-ups. You're talking about doing some sort of rope pulls, making towels over your bunk beds, getting your bunkie to to sit on your back so you can do harder workouts with that kind of stuff. And, and as you can see with Kylie Muscle, even with the land for his genetics, some great muscle 
can be built. And of course, the other argument is you're in prison, you've got nothing but time. So you can go crazy, do an hour's workout and spend 23 hours recovering. The only other issue, which we'll get into in terms of prison nutrition, and then of course, uh, specifically what Carly's done the last couple of years, which is a bit, little bit more dirty, and I'll deal with that in a moment, is prison food. So some of the guys will buy tuna, they'll, they'll go to the concession, they'll, the, any money they're getting from the outside goes on pro protein, goes on, on, on food. And there, there are even prison recipe books to help you with trying to do something with the food that's available in prison, swapping food with, with you guys when you're in the canteen, that kind of stuff, and trying your best in a positive way to make something of your time in prison. Back to you, Steve. So the next thing we're going to talk about is the social media. He's got a million followers on Instagram. And the way he built up his Instagram following was his larger-than-life persona, his character, you know, the Cali muscle character. His first spray came in a Jamie Johnson music video where he showed off his bodybuilding physique. And he also did some he did some uh, like push-ups and pull-ups or weights and stuff on in the video. So it was like, wow, this guy's huge. He also won Mr. California bodybuilding competition in 2012. So that really got a lot of him popular among the fitness young male demographic who follow fitness and they love him. He's got a lot of guys on social media. He's very popular among the young male demographic. He also on his Instagram, he does hot sauce supplements and apparel. And then on YouTube, though, believe it or not, he's got even more followers. He's got 2.5 million followers. So people love watching his videos of working out. I want to make a comment here, Steve, and something that you and I discussed in the pre-show. There's positives with Carly. Getting two and a half million followers is a positive. Having a million plus followers on Instagram is a positive. And making a name for yourself and having a career when you come out of prison is 100% a positive. I'm not going to change that at all. Equally, I, I dislike the stick of playing off the fact that I'm, a, I'm an ex-con. And I dislike some of the videos that he's done where it's kind of irresponsible, in my opinion, that is, it, in my, my gut feeling, it's because the camera's there. Because you are a businessman, you are creating, you are acting, you are out of prison, you haven't gone back to jail, you haven't done these other things, and yet there you are on camera claiming you'll kick someone's ass because you're an ex-con. Arguing sometimes with people you know he's familiar with, gym members of a gym that he's been to before, but because the camera's there, doing this, you know, you, you know where I've been, you know the kind of shit I'll get into, you don't want to mess with me, blah, blah, blah. And that shtick sells. You don't get two and a half million followers on YouTube when it doesn't. But equally, it's kind of irresponsible, in my opinion, for the, 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 the followers' makeup, the type of people that are going to follow him. And those are going to be young people that are influenced. It's one thing to be pretend to be some kind of OG on a music video when we know it's just because of the tune. And it's another thing to be an actual OG and to be an actual violent person. Steve and I could probably kick some ass if someone put us to it. But we're not on this podcast pretending that we're some sort of gangster or some sort of ex-con or someone that will pull your arms and legs off and throw you throw what's left to the, to the dogs. We don't do that stuff. So 
I understand the need for a stick. I understand the need to be creative and to have this positive influence and really on your own life, having a career. But I dislike what is ultimately in my mind kind of irresponsible for the people that will be watching your YouTube videos. And it's going to be a younger demographic, Steve. It's going to be easily influenced 18 to 25 year olds who are going to, if they're writing Zakali, are going to act like he does. They're going to pretend that they're some sort of gangster. They're going to walk around like they're some sort of ex-con. They're going to throw their weight around in gyms and essentially be idiots. And, and, and it's not necessarily a positive thing. The positive should be that he was in prison. He overcome that shit. He got some muscle in prison. He came out of prison and he's made a name for himself. He has a career. He makes a living. That should be positive. And in fact, his book that you you, you, talk, you touched upon in terms of what he's created, becoming called Ex-Con to Icon, that's a positive. The training, which we'll get into, is a positive. His nutrition needs a bit of work, and we'll deal with that in a minute, especially in light of his heart attack. Back to you for a second. Yeah, when you're larger than life, you're also going to be eating food, and it's going to be larger than life. So um, let's see here. Um, you know, he talks about eating a lot of food. He demonstrates it on video. People love uh, food videos on social they media. Do, yeah. That yeah. that gets a lot of hits. Um, he talks about while he was in prison, eating tuna out of a can. That was the healthiest thing he could eat. And that was cheap. So that, that helped him get a lot of protein to build muscle. Um, after he left prison, he realized how health, how important healthy food was. And he tried to eat more healthy. He talks about chicken, salmon, vegetables, fruit. He talks about carbs like potatoes, beans, and rice. And he talks about drinking a lot of water. He drinks at least a gallon of water a day. Uh, one of the things he also talks about is he doesn't believe in supplements. He thinks food is number one, but he does take pre-workouts. That's the one thing he does take. So yeah, but he has definitely eat a lot of food and not giving his body any breaks from eating all this food. So when you eat this much, you don't give your body a break. It is going to catch up to you. So Mobster touched on that and then talk about his training. And then we're going to get into his heart attack story. Okay. So nutrition, here's a guy that's promoting good nutrition. He's made the most of what was poor nutrition in jail, in prison. And uh, everything Steve just said is correct. 100%. However, the negative uh, and I want to give, some, give you guys both sides of the coin here. He has, Steve's quite correct. And I, from Brian Shaw, Jay Cutler and others, uh, right across the fitness power strength spectrum, doing videos where today's challenge is I eat 12,000 calories, Eddie Hall. Today's challenge is I'm going to eat 20,000 calories. Uh, today's challenge is 25,000 calories. Now, Steve quite rightly says these videos get traction. They get views. People like it. You go to some place that's selling the world's biggest steak or you have you take along someone who's a world record eater with you and you'll get half a million views. It's just crazy. So what Carly's done and what potentially when we get into his heart attack in a minute might be an issue is he's done a bunch of videos that are one or two of the commentary videos are referred to where he has gone to fast food restaurants big name American fast food restaurants and brought the whole fucking menu. Every single item in Burger King, every single thing in, in KFC, every single item that they sell in McDonald's, and then does a video where he eats every single item on that menu. Now, 
it's one thing to do a video where you, Steve, and I, and maybe someone else go out and eat a lot of cheesecake. Once every six or eight weeks, we go a bit crazy and have a cheat day and we record what we eat. It's something else entirely to do this multiple times. And that's what Carly's done. Now, potentially, as we will get into the heart attack with regards to his genetics, his background, there's an argument that suggests that maybe multiple videos where you're eating every single damn thing on a fast food, which is not going to be healthy menu, and you've done this repeatedly, you might have been throwing yourself underneath the bus. I'm thinking of uh, another person we've done a podcast and whose name escapes me for a second. It's, it's still your motherfucking set. And his thing was to go to McDonald's and essentially double up with, with like, you know, two quarter pounders. And he was doing his two, three times a day and he was eating fast food two, three times a day. He was training like a machine and he had a heart attack. Carly Muscle has done essentially the same thing. He's made videos with him eating 12, 15, 18,000 calories. And it's all brown. It's all fatty. It's all unhealthy. This, so you've got to look at that and potentially, as we'll get into now with the heart attack, what he, his genetics, his background and issues that he had when, when he was younger. Back to you, Steve. So, Mobster, um, you want to talk about his training? Or are you good? I don't have to talk about the training. Yeah, if you like, sure. Yeah, I mean, do your, I, this training will get into his heart attack. Yeah. Okay. So, he's a strong guy. 100% is a strong guy. And in terms of his musculature, there's no denying that the way Carly looks, and bearing in mind, of course, especially his restrictions, uh, his genetics are great for bodybuilding. They really are. You don't get to win a class in the Mr. California back in 2012 if you haven't got great genetics. And, and I mean, it's one of the things that he says is that he's a great believer in training heavy and doing the compound lifts, loving the bench press and squats and bleeds are these are basic training. Now, of course, as we said earlier on, he's restricted sometimes access to the gym in, in prison, but I've seen photographs of him as a teenager, as a result, funny enough, of his recent heart attack. And these were po posted up and his genetics for bodybuilding are primo. They are up and up around the 1%, Steve. They might not, he may lack the aesthetic to win top class competitions. But in terms of watching him walk down the street, being on video, his vascular, his built, and what how he trains works for him. So whether it's prison exercises and press-ups and chin-ups and pull-ups and some sort of, you know, using the equipment that's available during prison or whether it's going to a gym and working out, he is a responder. So the, if he says quite properly and sensibly that his advice to you, the listener, is to go out and do bench press and squat. Take it from me, that's great, solid advice. So for example, here's another thing that he did in prison. They get bags and fill them up with water, bottles and fill them up with water. And as I said earlier, even using fellow inmates to, to, as weights, whether you've got your, your chin-ups and you're hanging off the, the end of your bunkie and a, a, one of your pals is hanging off your waist to add weight, or whether they're sitting on your back to do press-ups, or even says here, uh, working out, ready to punch, uh, kick ass in the gym in case he got attacked. But equally, it's, that's come to be—it's become a staple in his life. And I think Steve touched on this earlier on. This is something that maybe Steve and I would appreciate, and some of our older listeners as well. And I think if the, for him training, whether we get into the details of training, but for him training is something that's always been there 
from a teenager before prison, during prison and after prison. And again, as a positive, here's something that's always going to be in his life. No, I don't think if he stopped doing videos tomorrow, if he stopped being the icon, the, 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 the face that is Kylie Muscle, he would still train. And that to him is a, it grounds him. It stops him going crazy. It stops him going off the rails. It stops him being an idiot. It's something that part that makes part of his day. You'll find that this is common regardless. I think Jay Cutler just did a recent video with Brian Shaw, and he says, as busy as I am as a businessman, I don't feel my day's complete until I've gone to the gym. I think Kylie Muscle would have that in common with myself, with Steve, with Jay Cutler, with Brian Shaw, with whoever. It's something that grounds him. It's something that stops him going crazy. And it's something that was good for him in jail. And it's something that's good for him now, Steve. So let's get into his heart attack, guys. Um, this was the big story that hit earlier. Um, how can we be surprised? We had so many guys had this problem come up. So uh, Callie definitely added to the list. When you're that big, puts a lot of pressure on your heart. Early November 2021, only 46 years old, he had to go to the hospital after he had a heart attack. Um, you know, he posted a video while he was in his hospital bed. He admitted he ignored the edema issues or edema, edema uh, however you want to pronounce it. Even as a teenager, he had it, yeah. I have uh, actually one of my clients. He is a stand-up comedian slash actor himself. Big, big guy big guy. And, um, you know, he came to me, um, you know, wanted to take steroids and I had to tell him, I'm like, look, dude, you have this condition, you know, it's not safe for you to use steroids with this condition at all, because this is a red flag. If you have this kind of condition where you have the, the uh, swelling ankles and that water retention in your ankles, that tells me that's a blood flow issue. That's, and that tells me that you have a heart issue. So using steroids on top of a condition like this is extremely risky. Um, it's going to basically contribute and increase your chance of getting a heart attack or a stroke. So this is this is exactly what happened here, and that is and that's some one of the things he ignored. It's just like eh, you know, let me just ignore it and let me keep going. So. Yeah, mobster. Yeah, tell us. I want to jump in here. There's, there's a couple of things. One is, of course, which Steve's kind of uh, uh, referred to earlier on, is a massive issue in the industry right now, uh, whether it's connected to COVID, whether it's connected to the vaccine, and whether it's connected to just being a giant fucking bodybuilder, taking loads of steroids and ignoring your heart issues. So it's, it's a twofold thing. The other side of it, of course, is... Uh, with regards to that negative, including, as Steve just said, ignoring edema from a young age, you used to have swollen ankles. So as Steve said, if you've got that red flag all the way back and you ignored it all that time and you're still having issues, he didn't even want to go to hospital. His girlfriend had to make him go to hospital. So he's still kind of ignoring it. And I know people, as I'm sure Steve does, have had heart attacks. Steve makes a point in the article, which we'll, we'll link to with his podcast, when you talk about the, the, how recovering from a heart attack is brutal. It's fucking horrendous. That the positive, such as it is, when you've had a heart attack and you're in Kylie's position, is if you if you do the right thing, which we think is doing right now, is that you take this as a message. I know for a fact, Steve, that you actually have to go back to hospital within, I think, five or six days after the initial heart attack. We've seen the photographs, we've seen the video from the hospital, tubes up the nose, the whole thing, pads on the chest, 
you know, keeping his heart rate measured, et cetera, et cetera. And he had to go back again because he had essentially what we would call here in the UK a bad turn. Uh, the simple fact of the matter is a heart attack is real nasty on the body. Carly doesn't strike me as the kind of guy that wants to stay in hospital long. Perhaps he should have done. Maybe the medical insurance was a pain in the ass in terms of keeping him there, being able to pay for it. But he had to go back a few days later and get checked out again. And one of the things that they did is that they, one of his uh, says that the left ventricle was completely blocked. Uh, I think it was the, the vein or the artery to the left ventricle was completely blocked. Um, the, the food that we've already spoke about may well have been an issue. But the positive, as I was touching on just now, is that he, he may finally have paid attention to the stuff that he should have been paying attention to and finally decided to live a better healthier lifestyle and to stop ignoring medical issues when as we've just said when carly was one of many that were having heart attacks of many that we'd actually lost both men and women from bodybuilding and from other uh, sports in the previous months when you become the latest or potentially nearly become the latest death statistic you've got to fucking pay attention to that shit and it does look like Carly may have finally done that and listened to those around him that were talking about himself. Stop doing stupid stuff in regards to himself. And finally, you know, if I've got a medical issue, go and listen. Guys, I mean, I think Steve knows this as well. Guys are terrible, some guys are especially terrible, for ignoring. <laughs> I've joked about it's like there are scenes in movies, kind of comedic, Steve, where the guy's arms hanging off. And it's like, oh, no, it's fine. I'll be okay. And you said, your arm's hanging off. You need to go to the hospital. Kyle is kind of like that. I know, guys. I've probably been that myself at some point in my life. And you go, fuck this shit. I'm not going to see the doctor. It could be something awful. Let a motherfucker get to the doctor. Get it sorted. Don't ignore signs, red flags, like Steve said, with the edema, with blood pressure, with water retention. Don't ignore something that might, might may well have been a heart attack and of course perhaps a uh, best piece of advice is don't look up your symptoms on google and misinterpret shit you're not a doctor so i think Carl is one of those guys that might have started to pay attention will hopefully get medical issues uh, sorted in the future will stop ignoring stuff and will listen when his friends his family his buddies his girlfriend say get the fucking hospital get yourself sorted get yourself checked out it does seem maybe that we've seen that change hopefully it sticks on to you steve yeah, preventative medicine is what I push on the forum, guys. Rather than waiting until you get a heart attack, how about preventing getting to the point where you get a heart attack in the first place? So one of the easiest things to do is getting your heart checked out by a good doctor who specializes in a heart. Not going to your general doctor, okay, that... Yep. You know, you schedule an appointment at your general doctor. He takes a look at you. He does a physical. He sticks his finger up your ass. You know, a normal physical. No, 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 no. Get an actual specialist doctor who 100% specializes in that and go and get it. If he had done that, the doctor would have been like, look, your left ventricle or whatever Mobster mentioned was his issue. Your left ventricle is blocked. We got to go in and clean that out. Otherwise, you're going to get a heart attack. It could be tomorrow. It could be five months from now. It could be a year from now. It could be three years from now. But you will get a heart attack eventually. And then once you get that heart attack, it's going to be absolutely brutal. The heart attack itself 
and I, I had a relative go through this recently. The heart attack itself is the easy part. The hard part is the aftermath of the heart attack, because then you have to go on all these different drugs, which may interact with your body in a weird way. And you feel tired from the actual going through that heart attack, you know, that, and then the medical bills are off the hook. Okay. Oh, so, yeah. so, I mean, it's so much easier just to prevent the issue in the first place. It's just like getting the vaccine versus just waiting till you get COVID. Get the vaccine so you don't have complications from COVID. Don't wait to get COVID and then get treated. It's, a, it's psychologically draining. It's financially draining. It's physically draining, guys. Preventative medicine, when you use steroids, is important. Testing your blood, blood pressure, your blood sugar, getting your prostate checked, all these things are what we have to do as steroid users to keep ourselves healthy. If you get prostate cancer, it is going to be a pain in the ass to treat it. But if you yeah. get checked on a yearly basis for prostate cancer and they flag it early, it's much easier to treat. So guys, be it's it's a, or you know, don't go around having sex with hookers, okay, and getting yeah. HIV. How about yeah. Use protection when you have sex with hookers. Don't have unprotected sex. It's the same thing. Preventative medicine is what I preach all the time. Some guys don't preach it, and that's their business. But when you come to me, that's what I'm going to preach. I'm going to touch on one thing before we get into the uh, steroid cycle here, guys. And Steve just mentioned something. It's quite simply down to cash, right? Now, Steve said, if you've had a heart attack and you have to go and have treatment in hospital, in America, of course, and to some smaller degree here in the UK, it's an issue of medical insurance. If I go private, it's medical insurance. In America, it's all medical insurance. And medical insurance for a heart attack, the payout, the cash, the bills are crazy. Here in the UK is a good example. If you are normal weight, within range, shall we say, I believe... A few years ago, the cost of you having an operation in your heart was around £30,000. In the, in the States, it'd be way, way, way higher. And I'm still talking about a few years ago. If you was obese, the cost was £55,000 because the risk of bleeding, the risk of issues during the operation, the recovery after the operation, the medical care that was required because you was a fat motherfucker, Let's when I say your best, that's what I mean. They, they were 55,000 compared to 30,000, and that's assuming no great, crazy other issues having to go back under the knife and whatever else. So, just do the math there, it's nearly double, effectively double, because you're a fat motherfucker. Now, if you're a muscular bodybuilder, but you're taking gear, you're eating shit, etc., etc., and you've got to pay for your operation, you've got to pay for your care, there are potentially for arguments like issues with you not declaring that you took steroids on your medical insurance. So the idea that Steve puts forward quite properly is to look after yourself, to get checked out, to have your lipids, to take product like N2 Guard, to protect your organs, to eat healthily like we fucking tell you to constantly, don't eat junk food. Don't go to the delicatessen. Cook as many meals as you possibly can. Eat healthily. Train healthily. 
live a long, healthy life. And if nothing else, put two fingers up to the insurance companies because you haven't had to go to hospital and ended up with a half million dollar medical bill. Let's get into the steroids, Steve. I'll let you kick off with this one. What we think he took when he, perhaps he was in prison and what we think he might be taking now. So Callie does admit he started using steroids while in prison. He researched them. He knew people who could get them for him and he used them. So he realized he, he didn't want to take a lot of them. Instead, he claims he ran just a reasonable amount of testosterone. Mm. But in the end, you know, we know he took a lot of steroids. We can speculate on the Cali prison steroid cycle. You know, guys are always going to say, yeah, I didn't take that much steroids. There's no, there's no incentive to say I took a ton of steroids. You know, it's more better to say I took, I didn't take much. And that makes, you know, that makes more sense. You know, this, yeah. that makes more sense. So he's being kind of responsible saying that. But in the end, you know, look, I'm sure he's been using steroids for a long time. I'm still, I'm, I'm sure... You know, since high school, he was using steroids. He, I mean, that's just that's just how it is. Um, so let's kind of speculate on what he could have used. Uh, his prison cycle could have looked something like uh, 800 milligrams a week, trembolone acetate. That trend gives you a lot of aggression, gives you a lot of mass, gives you a lot of size, all right? In prison, it's like you're in a prison like that, a maximum security prison. You're with a bunch of robbers, and rapists, killers, burglars, and all this stuff. These are people, these are hardened criminals. They've been in the system a long time. You're either going to be, you know, you're either going to be the hunter or the hunted in that kind of environment. So, you know, these aren't the type of guys where you look at them the wrong way. You look at them the wrong way, they're not going to put their head down. You look at them the wrong way, they're going to attack you. So if you're on trend, that's going to give you a lot of confidence. It's going to boost the way you feel. So I'm sure he had either, you know, friends smuggling in steroids for him or other prisoners would have friends smuggling steroids and they'd get sold in prison. Even the guards. Exactly. The guards don't get paid money. I don't know how it is in the UK, mobster, but in in the United States, the guards don't make shit. Yep. You know, they make they don't make shit. So for them, you know, they're gonna make some money on the side. Hey, sneak me in a vial of trembolone. Here's here's a hundred bucks. Okay, hundred yeah. bucks is a lot of money. That's that's more than what they make in a day. You know. So look, at the end of the day, you can get you can get steroids in print. It's not that difficult. Another thing he would have used, maybe a thousand milligrams testosterone propanate. The thoughts of testosterone gives him a lot of size, gives him a lot of strength. That with the trend, size and strength, stacking both of those. Too much size and strength. Too much. Mm-hmm. Another thing he could have used, Winstrol, 100 milligrams a day, gives him a nice pump for his workouts. Uh, what else do you have to do in prison? It's just 24 7. Sleep. Workout, fight, socialize, you know? What else do you have to do in prison? Gosh, I mean, so working out, man, his workouts must have been incredible in prison, you know? Because just like that's, you spend like three, four hours a day working out. I mean, it's just like, what the hell else are you going to do, right? 
yeah. Winstraw is fantastic. Gives us the pumps, nice hardened muscles, dries you out, makes them into a beast. Decadural bowling, 100 milligrams a week. I think this will be a good one in prison. Um, probably one of the benefits is it might kill his uh, libido. <laughs> you know? I mean, you know what I'm saying? So why the hell not? <laughs> why the hell not? Might as well kill your yeah, libido, right? Yeah, yeah. If you don't, you don't want your you don't want your bunkie horny, and you don't necessarily want to be horny yourself. We all know about that kind of prison vibe. Let's not go there. So if you're taking something that actually helps you, great, fantastic. Me not so horny. Me not bunking up with a bunkie or vice versa. Me me not a top. Me not a bottom. <laughs> yeah, that's actually a kind of good idea. And then uh, 150 milligrams a day, Proviron. Proviron is a good one to stack with DECA. Uh, Proviron is going to help them harden up. It's going to help everything else in the cycle work better. So this is an ample amount of steroids to keep him big, strong while he's in prison. So, Mobster, talk about his post-prison cycle. What do you think about his post-prison cycle? What do you think? Well, I'm going to say... What he takes outside of prison is possibly as a result, of course, of looking good on social media. Accessibility means he can probably now, of course, get absolutely anything. There may have been a time shortly after coming out of prison where he would have been with a parole officer and having to do certain things when he came out. And, uh, you know, the stuff that when prisoners come out of jail, it's not just come out of jail straight into a job. You, You know, there's a lot of things you go through. Parole officers sometimes one of those things. You get sent back to jail if you fuck up, and so on and so forth. But we know that he's made a career for himself. We know that he's done the acting. We know that he's quite good on social media, to say the least. And looking a certain particular way would be very important to someone like Carly. Even, as I said earlier, on the land for the fact that he had great, great genetics as a teenager, great genetics in jail, and obviously those genetics are carried through now. However looking a certain particular way, and we've addressed it in previous podcasts with some of the more, what we would call non-competing social media types, where they're specifically looking lean uh, as an influencer was important. Carly, for example, and he's again, age-wise, is, a, is right in that kind of area age-wise, Steve, where testipinate as a TRT-dosed uh, product would be useful to, for him. However, of course, we've done this on the forums when we say about being on TRT, first off, we find out what you're on, if it's the right amount, is it what you need, what are your bloods like, etc. And then sometimes it's as simple as taking more of it. So our suggestion here, for example, and I'll, I, I, I need to make sure also to mention HGH. HGH is gonna be great for tissue repair, which means you can do crazy stuff on video and still recover. It's also, enhances especially if you're putting the work in and your diet at some point it will not enhance your looking lean and thinning your skin so we're talking about with hdh 12 ius or up to 12 ius a day with the testion cypionate that i've just mentioned taking that from a trt level when he wants to add muscle when he's got something coming up when he when he's doing particularly video maybe visiting a strength champ i think he's done stuff with the strength cartel back in the day up to 800 milligrams a week of testion cypionate now Something else, especially with regards to how he looks, because he does seem to have this look all the time, Steve. It's not something that goes away. If you see him looking smooth, it's a little tiny bit less ripped, a little tiny bit less dry than before. A product like Mastron Infinite, or an Enfate, up to a 1,000 milligrams a week. I can't see Carly, and just on everything else that he does, 
as being a kind of moderate user kind of guy. His personality doesn't strike me as a kind of guy who's going to, oh, just use 100 or 200 milligrams a week. No, we're talking about potentially, and this is just based on his personality type and how he comes across up to 1,000 milligrams a week. And we've talked about this on previous podcasts. It's a hard nut. It's going to make him look good on camera. And finally, of course, because we think you use this in prison, because we know it's such a popular drug, I will say Trent is the one that's potentially going to fuck his lipids and potentially cause him issues, especially if his diet has been as poor as I've suggested earlier on at times. But the idea that perhaps Carl is using up to 600 milligrams a week of trend is not too extreme. It doesn't seem too out there, Steve. Again, I'm talking about how he comes across, so his personality type, the whole bad guy. I, I mean, we, we know of users on the forum where it's almost a kind of joke to say that you've upped the trend. That's something that comes across even on the UK forums here. But also the idea that you're somehow that much more hardcore if you're taking more trend than anybody else. So that whole gangster, bad guy, uh, I'm, I'm more hardcore than you are kind of vibe, which a lot of uh, users on trend like to think that that's, that's the case. I can see that Carly would be the kind of personality type that he comes across as, as someone like that. So in his perverse way, Steve, you could, you could even swap around the numbers. You could say he's only going to be doing, using something like 600 milligrams a week of Nasteron to stay hard, but a 1,000 milligrams a week of trend. Now, the issue, of course, as I just said, and Steve could have told you more about this, if you're using any of these things at a high level for long periods of time and your diet is piss poor and you're ignoring uh, the medical issues that we know that you had, the, the red flags that Steve referred to earlier on, trend is one of those drugs, especially steroids in general, but trend even more so, where it's going to fuck up your lipids, it's going to cause problems, and if you've already got medical issues, it's going to bite you on the ass. Now, whether he's sensible and he doesn't run this stuff at this kind of level all the time, or whether he's, he's running stuff at a level that's beyond TRT because he needs to look good, because he would lose followers, because he would lose business, and because he wouldn't be the person that he is in terms of social media, that's potentially on the table there, Steve. It's if, if, you, if you and I were the kind of people where we had 2.5 million followers on YouTube and how we looked was important to keeping those 2.5 million followers. And let's say for argument's sake, we, we made 100,000 pounds, 140, $150,000 a year based on how we look. The temptation to use high levels of steroids all year round, or certainly for long, long cycles up to 24 weeks, would be extremely high. And the idea of using something like Trend at 600 milligrams or even higher for longer than we should do, and by doing damage to ourselves, and then doing those videos where you're eating crazy amounts of fast food, it's got to be very, very tempting. I, I, I feel sure, and I don't think Carly's especially guilty of this more than a number of other people that we've talked about and people that are out there on social media that create an image for themselves based on how they look, almost sometimes more than their personality. Here's the thing, as I said earlier on, and I'll, fi I'll finish off on the steroid cycle, Carly is in his way a positive influence. He's been to prison, he's come out of jail, he's done his time, he hasn't gone back to the best of my knowledge, I'm not aware of any outstanding court cases or anything like that right now. So regardless of how he puts himself across on video and on social media, 
is a positive. He's making a name for himself. He's got two and a half million followers. He's making a good living. Uh, but I can see the temptation to do certain things, whether it's those fast food challenges that we refer to, whether it's staying on gear, whether it's coming across a certain particular way on those videos. And sometimes, in my opinion, that's a little bit negative. Now, hopefully, he's learned his lesson. He's, if he's doing high amounts of steroids like we're talking about, he'll cut back. He'll go and get his bloods. Steve is the person that can talk to you. I think if you throw some words in here now, Steve, about how important it is to have your bloods properly tested yearly, and especially if you know what you're looking for, pre-cycle and post-cycle. Can you, can you just touch on that before we finish, Steve? Yeah, so guys, preventative medicine. Preventative medicine is what I recommend. It's gonna cost, it's just like uh, going to a dentist. You go to the dentist every six months, everyone hates doing it. I gotta go to the dentist in a week from now. I'm dreading it. I hate going to the dentist. I hate it, yeah. but you have to do it. If you go to yeah, the yeah. dentist every six months, they do x-rays, you, do, you get your teeth clean, you do all that stuff. You have a cavity, they fill that cavity, done. If you let that cavity go, then you're going to need a root canal. You're going to need a crown. It's going to cost you $2,000, $3,000 to do that yeah. versus $150 cavity and then not taking care of your teeth. You take care of your teeth, you shouldn't get cavities in the first place. Brushing your teeth out. daily. This is the same thing, guys. Take care of yourself. Responsible steroid use. Cycling on, cycling off. If Proper blood test. Before you run your cycle, run the blood yep. work. Come on the forum. Any one of my posts in my signature, I have a link to blood work. Yep. And I show you how to get blood work. Even if you have good insurance, you can get the blood work done through my link with or without insurance. And if you do have insurance, you can look at the link, read the link, and learn what you need to ask your doctor for. You know, you can print it out, take it to your doctor, be like, look, this is what I need. I need this, 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 and then the doctor can order it for you if you have good insurance. So either way, that's not an excuse. Get it done, guys. Get the blood work done. Flag anything before you start your cycle because on cycle, things are going to get thrown off. And then once you're done with your cycle on PCT, get blood work it then. So you must, once you start getting into your 40s, you've been using steroids for 10 years, you're, it's very imperative that you get your prostate checked, you get your heart looked at very closely, you get your blood work done, you do all this stuff, guys, to prevent one day having a heart attack. And if you have any of these symptoms that Kylie had, where heartburn, you're getting heartburn every day, that's a red flag. Your yeah. bowel movements are off, that's a red flag. You get... The edema, that's a red flag. All this stuff, high blood pressure, that's a red flag. Cholesterol levels off, that's a red flag. All this stuff are red flags, guys. Don't ignore it. It's not just going to go away like magic. Eventually, it's going to get you. So it's going to be interesting to see Cali if he can get his health turnaround. He's been listening yep. to a lot of the wrong people so far in his life. He needs to start do, listening do, to the right people. So I'm gonna jump. I'm gonna jump in here, Steve. Do your damn cardio, guys. I I'm a big guy. I put my numbers on the forum constantly. And I one of the things Steve knows that I do is that every single day I try to go out and do a certain number of steps, at least twice a week. I'm up in the hills in the valleys here of Wales, taking photographs of nature. And I mean, I man, when you're 300 plus pounds like I am. Walking up some of these damn hills is an exercise in breathing hard, 
from the fucking bottom to the fucking top. It is what it is. I walk to the gym. It's about a mile. I'd say maybe a little bit under a mile from here to the gym. Same thing coming. It's 4,000, 5,000 steps just going to the gym, going to the shops and coming home yesterday. That was a leg workout. Heart health is an easy fix, but you've got to be consistent with this kind of stuff. You've got to do everything that Steve just told you in terms of looking out, listening, paying attention to those red flags, making sure you get treatment, getting proper blood tests, getting proper screening. But equally, it's down to stuff like lifestyle habits. Don't think you can have pizza and cola and 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 what you guys in America call chips, what we call here crisp, and, and that's your diet. Don't think you can go to the deli three times a day. Don't think you can get your fast food delivered. I mean, if I fuck, even if you can have fast food, go and fucking get it. Walk there and bring it back. Look, even in the fast food places, there are sometimes healthy options. Steve and I, Steve especially has talked about how the sauces in some places when you go out, it's a big thing in America. It's becoming a big thing over here, going out with the family for meals, very rarely cooking healthy meals in the house. Learn to cook healthy. I don't care if you're a busy student or you've got this stuff going on. It takes half an hour to put together bags of rice at the weekend, half an hour to, to get a lot of chicken breast done, Work at, get some frozen vegetables, fresh vegetables, juice, make your own smoothies. These kind of things are real, real, real simple. We're doing a podcast. There are podcasts on healthy options. You've really got no excuse. And looking at this stuff, again, as always, and I've touched on this a million times on the phone, long term, what you think you can do when you're young versus what you know that you can do when you get old, like this old bitch talking to you now, is I know that I should run more. I know that I should walk more. I know I should climb more hills. I know that I should do more cardiovascular exercise. And I do those things. And even then, I could always do something more. I'm 320-something pounds talking to you right now. I trained in the house this morning in my gym, whether I trained at the other gym down the road yesterday and whatever else. I get to be able to do this stuff when I'm older than Kylie Muscle, older than Sean Roden that we've just done a podcast on because I haven't died or nearly died of a fucking heart attack. And hopefully, as bad as my own dietary habits can be from time to time, the exercises that I do for my heart and lung health, my cardiovascular health, negates the bad, occasional bad habits of eating sometimes crap food. And even then, I'm not getting half the damn menu put on my plate. I don't go to KFC. I don't go to Burger King. I don't. It's just like literally I've got to be in the middle of nowhere and there's nowhere else to eat for me to go to those kind of places. When I go and get snacks, it's nearly always a healthy snack or some sort of healthy meal deal, even when I go out for those kind of things. So I try to be kind of sensible with that stuff. But the heart health, the long term stuff, we want you members we want you listeners and steve steve will support me on this we talked about this stuff before we want you healthy we want you big we want you lean we want you muscular we want you strong we want you to have fantastic cardiovascular ability even if you use performance enhancing drugs when we do this podcast it's to take away messages from or learn lessons from people like carly and the people that we've done other podcasts on when they've made mistakes, you learn. When they've done positive stuff, you learn. And you apply those things to you in a, in a positive way. So if they fucked up, you don't fuck up. If they fucked up, we give you the advice on how not to fuck up 
so that you stay healthy, that we keep you as listeners for 20 or 30 years, that you stay muscular, you stay in shape, you're around for your family, you're around for your friends, and you enjoy this journey that we're all on. Back to you, Steve. All right, guys and gals. Hope you guys enjoyed this. Cali Muscle, I want to see... I want to see how he does now next few years. I want to see if he can get his, you know, things turned around um, with his, with his health. So should not be getting heart attacks in your forties. It's nope. just, it's just unheard of a hundred years ago. Uh, yeah. Nobody got heart attacks. Nobody. If someone had heart disease, it was like, Oh my gosh, they have heart disease. It's such a big deal. Uh, just a history lesson during the fifties, Dwight Eisenhower, who was president of the United States during the fifties, he had heart disease and it was a big deal. People are like, Oh my gosh, how could this guy, he was a general during world war two. How could this guy get heart disease? It's because Eisenhower, he ate a lot of sugary foods. He was under a lot of stress being a general and he did not take care of himself. He did not exercise. But before that guys, and now it's standard for, you know, people to have heart disease at, at a in their by their 50s it's just but back before then because guys people did not eat so much food yeah you know they, they did were. not have office jobs where they sat all day they did not have the types of stress that we have today and that's why it didn't happen but mostly it's just all the food we're eating guys if you're eating tons of food every single day you need to take a break from all that food all that food you're throwing into your body it's not normal to be like cali be this freaking huge i don't care if it's fat or if it's muscle it's still mass and it's yes. still going to weigh you down weigh down your organs so it will definitely shorten your lifespan you don't see guys who are cali's stats you know what, what is he eight five eight five nine what did i say he was at the beginning of the podcast yeah, five eight five nine in his listen you're not <laughs> yeah. going to be big you don't see 250 or 300 pound my weight plus muscular guys in their 80s it just exactly. doesn't all the Believe older people are die, yeah. skinny yeah. Like you notice seeing like people who are in their 80s or 90s that you know relatives, they're all skinny and they don't oh, you notice yeah. they don't smoke, they don't drink, you know, they don't do this type of thing, they don't eat tons of food, they they eat very little, like you know, they eat very little food. Like, you ever you have any of these relatives? They come to oh, yeah, no, yeah, they, they eat very from, little, yeah, they don't eat grandmother eats like they a bird. She might yes. she might have a once a week cigar, grandma, but she's she eats like a bird. She eats like a mouse. Yeah. Be tiny, so, tiny, I'm not tiny. saying go eat like that, but I'm saying oh, no, no, no. if you do eat like a bodybuilder, like Callie eats, you have to take a break. Yes. Do what, do, do what Big Rami does once a year for a month, Big Rami fasts. And that allows his body to catch up to this crazy mass he has. And don't come back and say, oh, Steve, I'm going to lose muscle if I do that. I don't give a shit how much muscle you lose. You're going to extend your life and you're going to gain all that muscle back regardless. Yep. So it doesn't mean shit. So guys, two, take care of your Two health. Mr. Olympias that have both stated, and it's on record whether you believe it or not, both Dexter Jackson and Ronnie Coleman would talk about, and they use the euphemism of supplements. Steroids are not supplements, steroids are drugs. But they would say, I come off all supplements 
And I believe it would be somewhere between at least a month and up to three months. Now, at that point in their careers, they were only competing, especially Ronnie, in one competition. I think Dexter's kind of got into that vibe towards the end again. So both these guys were super crazy responders with an amazing genetics, et cetera, et cetera. But they, they made a point of saying it, whether you believed it or not, that they came off for up to 12 weeks, for up to three months, or a complete clear out of the system. We can talk about receptor affinity and clearing out your receptors and all that kind of bullshit. But ultimately, just because being on constantly was wearing, being on constantly was draining, having a pin daily was draining, and obviously they want to have time with their families and all that kind of stuff. Both these guys, at least in terms of their heart health, is still with us. Ronnie is around my age, he's 57. Dexter, as I believe, just 51, 52, Steve. So they are older than Sean Roder, and they're older than Carly with his heart attack. Sean, of course, is dead. So we're talking about guys that even with their genetics, even with their ability to do cardio and condition, Ronnie would do cardio at four o'clock in the morning after a shift at the police and all that kind of stuff. They were looking after their hearts. They were coming off PEDs. They were getting checkups. You've seen videos of those guys getting checkups. They were having their bloods done. And this is guys with great access to, to PEDs, with great access to underground and legitimate, scripted. I think Ronnie talked about being scripted at times in his career. So they're getting pharma drugs and they would still come off. They were still doing the right thing. As crazy as some of the stuff they did to get in the condition, they're still with us. And in terms of their heart health, they're tip top. Maybe Ronnie could have some problems with fixed in regards to his back and his uh, structural issues from the training that he's done over the years. But in terms of his heart health, we've not had any, heard any bad news on that score. And like I said, it's a simple thing. I've given people advice when I've coached in the past, when I've talked about just getting off the bus or your, or stopping your car a distance away from work and doing the last part of the journey on foot. Some people going out and grabbing a half hour and, and going for a small jog during their lunch, hour, hour lunch break, taking time with the family at weekend to go out and do trail walking, getting out into nature, into the fresh air, to the sunshine. Sometimes it's cold, sometimes it's hot. Both those things are beneficial for you if you're outside and you're doing that stuff. And if you can't do that, if your time's super restricted, trying to spend some time on the bike or on a running machine at the gym. I always think it's a kind of strange driving to the gym to go on a running machine rather than running to the gym, but that's by the by. Anyway, I'm going to hint on two things here, guys. One, of course, is, as always, our disclaimer. And the other one, before we go, is going to be who's up next. And he's one of those guys that potentially... And we've done this with a couple of podcasts recently. He could be the next big thing based on his look very, very recently. I'm saying no more, but if you if you follow the uh, news in bodybuilding, you might know who I'm talking about. But a disclaimer, Steve. As always, please note we are not doctors and the opinions we offer are hours and hours alone. It's our view and it's based on experience we have and views on the topic. Our podcasts are for informational purposes and entertainment only and the freedom of speech and the First Amendment. Program.